Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. Hello and welcome inside Sun Devil Stadium. We're happy. Are we not? We're happy. The Sun Devils won. They won. They beat number 21. What were they? Number 20? They were number 21. Number 21 in the country, Washington. 45 to 38. Jesse, who was closest, me or you? I'm going to say me because I said 38 to 35. So I got one of the scores right for a, a different team I predicted would score 38. But a team scored 38. So I, I would say it's me. I take credit for this. Well, at least we got our lunch bet paid off finally, Jake. Uh, let's get into the X's and O's of this game. Uh, Trenton Bourget, unfortunately, Emory Jones went down in the first half, but Trenton Bourget really stepped up in this game. Trenton Bourget had three touchdowns in this game, two to Elijah Badger, one to X Valade. Uh, he handed the ball off on his first play of the game that led to the X Valade rushing touchdown as well. Uh, I just want to get your thoughts on how you think Trenton Bourget dealt with this situation today. I was amazed by Trenton Borgay's play, honestly. I was not expecting him to be that calm, that precise with his passes. He was extremely accurate. He was very aware of Washington's pass rush. He knew exactly when to get rid of the ball. He took two licks on two of those passing touchdowns. But, hey, that's all you got to do. And uh, we talked about it pregame. Arizona State's offensive line allowed zero sacks today. And they blocked. The offense held up. They were in the shootout like we had talked about earlier in the week. And then... Like we said, this is not a defense that is a Utah-level defense, although Utah did lose tonight. ASU was able to go stride for stride with them despite it being a backup quarterback, and we might have a QB battle on our hands now. Yeah, that, I mean, that's what Sean Aguano said after the game, that they have a battle. I, he didn't necessarily say it was a full-on QB battle. He kind of talked around it a little bit, but I think there might be something there, Jesse. I mean, I think you've got to make the change. Uh, and thoughts and prayers for Emory Jones. Hope he's okay, first of all. And I hate that I have to talk about the fact that he needs to be replaced with him being hurt. But it's it was just a completely different team. Trent Borgay came in, and he was just making the throws that Emory Jones can't. Yeah, and there wasn't as much zip on the ball as, you know, Emory Jones has, but... You know, Borgay was accurate. The passes were landing in the receivers' hands, not at their feet, not over their heads. That's what we've seen with Emory Jones. And so, you know, I, I like to use this reference when talking about zip or noodle arms or whatever when people try to bring up quarterbacks around me. Peyton Manning had maybe the noodliest of noodle arms that I've ever seen, if that's a word. And he's one of the top five quarterbacks of all time. And I'm not saying that Trenton Borgay is Peyton Manning, but, you know, Sometimes heart and just, you know, accuracy takes over for, you know, physical skills and being able to, you know, jump off off of a roster sheet for size or, you know, intangibles. And, you know, I think that they've got to go forward with Trent Borgay. He proved that today. This is the this team needed this win so much. Um, and, and yeah, I just I think they've, they've got to make a change at quarterback. Uh, also, something that I saw from Trenton Borgay, guys, is the ability to read a defense and the ability to go through his progressions, 
not force it into his first receiver if it wasn't open. He made sure that he exhausted all of the options on the field today, and I really like that about his game. He was able to stand in the pocket, to, to your point, that the offensive line really blocked well for both him and Emory Jones uh, when Emory Jones was in the game. But he was able to stand in the pocket, make those reads, figure out who he was going to go to. And outside of that one miscue with the interception, I thought he was fantastic today. So moving on from Trenton Bourget, and I, I also think it'll be a battle. We'll have to see what happens there, Jesse. I'm not ready yet to say that he should be the starter moving forward, but I think that it could possibly happen. We'll just have to see. Why? I, I, I just... I, I personally, I think that they're going to stick with Emory Jones because he's a captain. He's the guy that they, they said he was the guy. But it doesn't mean that Trenton Bourget might not come into a game when Emory Jones is struggling and then maybe take over later in the season. After today, I, I just don't get how you can possibly say that they need to stick with Emory Jones. Trenton Bourget proved that he was the better quarterback today and you go forward with what can help you win i've i've seen quarterbacks who are captains be uh replaced as seasons have gone on and so you know after after yeah after today after today there's just there's just no the level of the play that this this offense was moving down the field it was just a completely different thing and so i just don't know how you can possibly say that they've got to stick with emory jones over trin borgay if there was a time to do it, I feel like it would be now. First of all, it's the bye week. They're going into the bye week, so there's time to install some things that... Say it. <laughs> there's time There's time for them to install things that work best for Trent and Borgay, and maybe not the same... It may not be the same as what Emory Jones' playbook looks like. I'm just going to come out and say that. But I, I think we'll have to just wait and see. I, I don't know with this coaching staff. I don't. I don't know, like... I don't know what Sean Aguano is going to do because this is this would be a drastic move for him. We also have to remember that Sean Aguano is basically coaching for his job as well. He's no he's not guaranteed to be the head coach at the end of the year. If Trenton is someone who can take this team to new heights that we haven't seen. I mean, granted, they just went through a gauntlet of three ranked teams and granted they have the bye, but it looks like UCLA is no joke now. And they're going to be coming into to Tempe. But I'm with Jeremy where I think it's almost too reactionary to replace the quarterback right away like that. It's two weeks of practice. We're going to see how they do in practice. We'll see what happens. And like we were going back to preseason, I don't think we will know until the week of the game, if not maybe the first offensive drive of the game, because from now a strategic standpoint, there is no reason to tell Stanford what you're going to do and make them prepare for both. I also believe – well, we also have to say that this is all if Emory Jones is healthy next week after, yeah. after the bye week. So we hope he gets better soon. But that all all of this, it, it comes down to if he is healthy. Yeah, and Sean Aguano did say that he was just mostly held out for a precautionary uh, reason, unlike Utah – I mean, unlike uh, Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. Uh, but we won't go down that rabbit hole. Um but, yeah, I mean, 
we're in the overreaction business here. So I'm not I'm not in the not underreaction business here. So I'm gonna gonna just go with it and say off of this one game, which was their best win of the season and best win in a long time. Only their second win of the season. Yes. Yeah, their best win of the season and only the second win of the season. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you know what they got to go with the hot hand and it, you know if if Trenton struggles then you go you go back to Emory. Speaking of the hot hand, when we talked about how Aguano's coaching for his job here for the rest of the season, does this win, like, put it over the top to where you think he's the guy? I don't know if this win solidifies him to be the coach in 2023, but I think we saw today on that field in the tunnel and especially post game, these guys love this man. They absolutely love their head coach. There's no better testament than how your players feel about their coach and the fact that they went out there and they beat a very good football team. Granted, they're on a two-game losing streak now, but still, they were the number one passing offense in the country, number seven overall, 12th scoring offense, and it didn't matter. ASU came out, and they were down how many guys? They, I mean, you, you had three starters that you knew weren't playing, and then mid-game you lost two starters in Emory Jones and Ladarius Henderson. I think Ladarius is going to the league and the fact that they could still hang in there and do what they did and not allow a sack, I'm just so impressed by how ASU played. Granted, the crowd was not great tonight, but this was the only home game of the month. Next time they have a home game is UCLA. And so maybe the big crowd can come in if ASU can get a couple dubs against Stanford and Colorado. And you talked about how the players seem to love Sean Aguano. I love Sean Aguano. <laughs> like, that guy seems so cool. Like, I just want to talk to him. You know, he seems like somebody that genuinely cares. And, you know, if he can have some results throughout the season, he mentioned it again. He really wants to recruit Arizona kids. And he said he can win with Arizona kids. And that's super important. He showed it tonight. Yeah, yeah with Trent Borgay, Arizona kid. So, yeah, so, you know, he can win with Arizona kids. Or if he, if he can win with Arizona kids. And if, if he can win games the rest of the season – you know, even even like a five and seven season or a four and eight season, I think coming out of this win, I think you've got to give him a shot for twenty twenty three. Like, you know, you, you can you can move on after twenty twenty three if it doesn't work out. But I like his mentality. I like his mindset. I like what he has to say about recruiting uh, Arizona kids. I like how much it seems like he cares about his players. And so, yeah, I, I think I think you gotta you gotta roll with him moving forward. I I've, I think I've said this a few times now, but I I like him. And that's also not to say because we talked about how much these players love him. That's not to say that the players didn't love Herm Edwards and didn't like playing for him. It's just kind of a different vibe. And you know, you deal with who's the coach right now. Obviously, the players love playing for Herm and they liked Herm Edwards a lot, but. You can tell they love Sean Aguano as well, and they love playing for him, and it showed today on the field. Now let's get to the defense a little bit, Jesse and Jake. Um, obviously giving up 38 points is not ideal, but in hindsight, I mean, they won the game, right? I think they made stops when they needed to, and Penix, you know, he didn't get a touchdown, had that interception for Clark as well. He took it back for six, but I don't – I think – the best part that the, the best thing that the defense did today was that they didn't allow the big play. They didn't allow the the throw down field. It was kind of a bend don't break kind of day. Obviously, they broke a little bit, giving up thirty points. But I thought it was okay. They got to clean up some things. But I just want to get your guys' thoughts as well. 
look at it this way. Washington came into this game averaging over 500 yards a game and over 40 points a game. They reached neither of those. So win there for ASU. But to your point, they were playing very deep with their safeties and allowing nothing over the top, no big plays, making Washington earn it. First half, Washington got everything they wanted to on third down especially. Second half, we saw a big stifling up on the defense, and they only ended up going 7 for 14. Big fourth down stops. I mean, honestly, it was when the play mattered the most, ASU came through. The fourth quarter when it was fourth and 10 at midfield, you know, the second to last possession, got the stop. Obviously, Jordan Clark's pick six is probably the biggest defensive play of the game, but then you had the fourth down stop in what was it, the beginning of the fourth or the very beginning of the third to get the ball in, your, on the, in plus territory. So they just did everything they needed to to hand it over to the offense and let the offense do what they can do. I mean, it was a all-around team effort. I mean, really the only thing that didn't like stand out was the special teams. I mean, they didn't make any mistakes. They didn't have to make any plays, and that's yeah. just penalties on special teams. Penalties on special teams, yes, but it didn't kill them is, is what I'm saying. And they didn't need to necessarily do anything because the offense was able to do what they can, and that's move the ball, and we didn't need to see the special teams provide them short fields. I will say that Carter Brown did make the longest kick by a fresh, a true freshman kicker in Arizona State history, 53 yards. So there was some really positives there on the, uh, the special teams side of things. But uh, as far as the defense goes, they didn't allow the big play from Washington However, they made big plays themselves. You mentioned the Clark interception, the stop on fourth down in uh, Washington Territory. So, yeah, they made big plays when it mattered, um, and they didn't allow the big play from Washington. So, obviously, they, (laughs) they allowed a lot of points, a lot of yards, so that's not great. But they made stops, and they got a turnover, and so... That's all you can kind of ask for, especially with a defensive line and a DB room that is so depleted from what we thought they would be, you know, coming into the season at least. And obviously the final play of the game, batting down the ball instead of going for the interception, that's what you're taught to do. And, you know, uh, I think it was Edwards that uh, that got to bat it down there at the end of the game. Um, I, I think also the, the third down play on the final drive uh, – for Washington where they fumbled the snap. Uh, It was a terrible snap by the center. Um, Couldn't fall on the ball, but, you know, you give Washington a – it was fourth and 40, and then obviously the delay game made it fourth and 35. But, I mean, that was huge as well to be able to back them up on that final play of the game because Washington looked like they were poised to score on that final drive, and that was huge there as well. Um, Back to the offense a little bit before we – finish out here um the running backs uh daniel and obviously with the one touchdown only four carries today uh for 39 yards though 9.8 yards per carry he was electric when he touched the ball but speaking of electric x validate 23 carries 111 yards 4.8 yards per carry two touchdowns one in the air one on the ground i want to get your thoughts on the run game jesse so they had 32 rushing attempts uh, according to the stats there. So I, did, I said 40, but 32 is still a lot. Uh, I, I really liked how much they were committed to the run, how much they ran the ball. Uh, their running backs are really good. It's the strength of this team. Daniel Ngata, really good. X Validate, very good. So, yeah, 
I, I really liked how they used the running backs. And, again, we, we in the first time that we saw Sean Aguano, they didn't run the ball as much as we thought with him being a running backs coach. Now they've gotten back to that, and that's really their bread and butter. If they can continue to do that as the season goes on, then, you know, you might be looking at 5-7, and 4-8. and eight. Quick shout-out to uh, Doug Tamaro, by the way, on the Hail Mary afterwards, snagging up the game ball, giving it to Coach Aguano. If you can see, if you find the video of it, it's quite the snag. Everyone coming on the field, the ball's rolling, etc. Um, but yeah, the running game. I I just I want to somehow get Daniel Nagata more involved. I just really don't see how you can because X Validate does what X Validate does and gets over a hundred yards a game. So maybe you can do some two back stuff. Maybe you can do some short passing stuff. Get them out in open space and let them run. I do want to bring up. Elijah Badger, if Trent Borgay ends up being the starting quarterback, it looks like those two already have a rapport. You saw two touchdown passes. You had, uh, I believe it was, seven receptions for 53 yards, nine targets total. So I think Elijah Badger is emerging as the wide receiver we thought he was going to be at the beginning of the season. So who knows? Maybe something's starting to click with this ASU offense, and hopefully we can get some of these guys back healthy and see uh, just what this team can do. Because who knows? Six Six wins is still still a possibility. You know, there's a good way to get both of them on the field, Ngata and Valade and Case Hatch. <laughs> Do not say wishbone. Uh, well, I'm going to. So you, it's the wishbone formation. You got the fullbacks and <laughs> – All right, that's enough. Um, thank you, Jesse. Uh, I expect – you kind of touched on it when you said six win, wins. You know, you need four more to get to full eligibility. What are your expectations for this team now after seeing this one? I'm still going to say that there's no reason why they should lose to Colorado. Stanford, it's still a toss-up because it's Stanford. They're a smart football team. They play almost like an Iowa-esque like game, so those can go either way. But then you get into harder teams. You get UCLA, you get Washington State, Oregon State, and then U of A. Who knows, right? Because U of A looks like they're pretty good this year, too. Um, at least in the pack. So who knows? It's still a couple of coin flips, a couple of games you could win. You could get there. Obviously, the Eastern Michigan loss hurts. But like we said, this was a game that we, at least I didn't think coming into this week they were going to win preseason. I thought maybe. But who knows? I mean, if they can play like this week in, week out. I mean, even the game against USC, they didn't win the game. But they played pretty well against a top five team in the country. So maybe they can squeak one out that we didn't think they could have before. Yeah, I'm going to go back to my original thought on what the season would be. I think they'll get a couple more wins. I'm going to go four and eight. That's it? That's all you got? Yeah, I mean, they, they look like they can win a few of these games against, you know, Oregon State. I, I think they'll win that one. Colorado, I'm going to say they're, they're going to win that one. Uh, they always lose a game they're not supposed to. Maybe it's the Eastern Michigan game. Did. Yeah, maybe it's just the Eastern Michigan game. Um, if they come back to Tempe to play against UCLA – at the start of November, and they're three and five. I'll be over the moon because this team was one and four coming into the de- today, looking at starting one and five, and I'll be over the moon if they come back to Tempe to play UCLA at the start of November, and they're three and five. They could also be four and four if they do beat Stanford and Colorado, playing a top ten ranked UCLA if they're still undefeated at the time. If that's the case, four and four versus top ten team, this place should be rocking. In November, there's no weather. 
let me ask you guys. Did you guys think the heat was a factor today? Because personally, I didn't. Can you see my sunburn on this camera? Jeremy, you're like white as a sheet. You, you put on so much sunscreen that I could see it on your skin. Yes, but again, uh, if they are 4-4 four and four or 3-5, and five, if they win one of the next two or both of the next two, and UCLA is a top-10 team, this place needs to be rocking. Hopefully, it will be on a Saturday night for that one uh, because I think that will bring out more fans. Um, so, yeah, you know, you, you got to see at least 40,000, 45 for that one. Jesse with the early prediction on how many fans should be here at the beginning of November. We still got two more games before that, including a bye week coming up next week. Arizona State wins today 45 to 38. They move to two and four on the season, and Washington goes to four and two after losing now two in a row. Check out Jake's article on ArizonaSports.com. You can check out all of our postgame reaction on Twitter at AZ Sports Devils. Uh, for Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison, I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll see you in a couple weeks.